0: Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the big payoff. This is Rachel Bello. And I'm Suzanne Muchin. This is a new conversation about business.
1: We tackle all the personal stuff that really matters to you at work. I'm ready.
0: Are you ready? Ready? Let's do this. Let's do it. Let's go.
1: Rachel, tell me your opinion. I still don't understand the problem.
0: Just tell me what the problem is. Okay. The problem is that There's a guy who's very influential in Chicago who called and asked me for a recommendation for a job posting that he's filling that is a serious job. It's at least half a million a year, maybe more. And I made a recommendation for someone who I know now is gonna get hired. And the question is, Do I let that person know that I was the reason that he got the job? Does that do anything for me to say to him, well, you know, you got that call because of me? I actually
1: think it diminishes your power by doing that. It's the question of influence, and that's really what we're talking about today, which is... What is influence? How do you manage it? How do you get more of it and why? And in the example you're giving, you're acting as if influence is a transaction. Like I gave you this. Yes. Now you're going to be grateful to me. Well, but that's not well, how
0: influence actually works. But grows. maybe there's a karmic circle. I mean, isn't that possible that...
1: The whole notion of karmic is that it isn't an exchange. First of all, if you're going to say it's a karmic circle, then the universe kind of knows and looks (laughs) it. But it's not like, hey, dude, I did this for you; you owe me. Now that's the karmic circle. Wouldn't he maybe feel like he owed me something? I don't know. No, No, I I think he wouldn't feel
0: grateful every time he saw me.
1: No, I think the whole deal about influence is that it's a long game, and if you're not prepared to play the long game, and you're treating it like an ex- a transaction. You're not in the influence game. You're in something else. The mafia understands influence better than anything else, which is gratitude is the strongest form of currency, and it
0: takes a long freaking time to pay back. Wow. Um, okay, I thought you were going to say that the mafia knows more about it than me, which you've just proven is is the case. Helpful. Well, we are talking today about influence and asking you, do you have it? Do you have influence? Do you have enough of it? How do you get it? Where does it come from? How do you use it? And we're bringing into the studio today, Radhika Jones, who is the deputy managing editor of Time. And while on the surface, you might just read that as, oh, she's got a really cool, great job in the journalism business. If you look just underneath that, if you pull back the curtain on Radika at all, you see that she has a whole lot that is in her sphere of influence.
1: So today on our show, we have what I think we can safely say is our most globally influential guest. A few weeks ago, we had our physically largest guest, the NFL defensive end, weighing in at 270. Radika is nowhere near that weight. But... This week, we have Radhika Jones with us, who's the deputy managing editor of Time Magazine, and she edits a lot of the magazine's special issues, including, which is why we have her on today, Time's Person of the Year, and the annual Time 100, which features the 100 most influential people in the world. So she's the perfect person to talk to I about have
0: it. so many questions for Radhika. And in fact, the questions that I had as top of mind. One of the big ones, which was the question of how big of a deal is it that we have a woman on this year's cover of Time as the person of the year? She actually wrote a whole blog about. And so I, I can't wait to ask her about that. So we're going to get Radika in the studio talking to us about influence because we think this is the question that should be keeping you up most at night, more than anything else, because it's not about are you climbing the career ladder quickly enough? Are you getting your next job? Are you making enough money? It's really about... Do you matter? And does what you care about, if you care a lot about something, are you
1: going to make that matter in the world simply through the direct force of your action, or are you going to do it by influencing others and enlisting others to care about what
0: you care about? So we're going to get Radhika into the studio, and we'll be back to The Big Payoff in just a moment with Rachel and Suzanne. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. We're talking today about influence, and the question is, do you have it? Do you have enough of it? Do you matter? Are you using your influence in ways that are important to you? And into the studio today walks Radika Jones. It's actually not such a coincidence we invited we her. We actually invited her. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of awkward yeah. that she just walked in. but. We invited her because she, in her role as the deputy editor of Time Magazine, one of the things that she oversees is the group that selects the time, what is now called Person of the Year. And we have so, and also the Time 100 list. And we have all these questions for you, Radika. So thanks for coming to the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. Can
1: you give us sort of a thumbnail of what your path was to become the person who thinks about these things? Sure. It was a very unexpected path for me. I was
2: doing a doctorate in English literature at Columbia. And to help pay the bills, I was working at magazines in my spare time as a copy editor and then later as an editor. And so I kind of had one foot in the academic world and one foot in the publishing world. And those are very different Mm. spheres. And I found that I really responded to the kinds of things that you do at magazines. You work often together in a group. It's very collaborative. You're working on big projects with very clear deadlines, which isn't always the case in academia. And uh, to cut out a few steps along the way, I ended up being the managing editor of a small but influential literary journal called the Paris Review. It's a literary journal, so I was working with fiction and nonfiction, and that married with my background in books. But it was there that I started to realize the kinds of ways that an editorial role could help you influence how people thought about the world. Um, the Paris Review is not a widely circulated magazine, but the people who read it are tastemakers. Yeah. Those people are influential in their world. And so when you publish for the first time, a young writer, you you take, and this is probably one of the, the best days that I've had in my career, um, a story came across my desk, a young woman who had never been published before. Um, And, you know, a simple story about a couple of friends who go to a big party and get in a little over their heads, but it had voice and authenticity. We liked it, and we decided to publish it. And I got to call her and say, the Paris Review is publishing your story. And with that phone call, she went from being an aspiring unpublished writer to a published writer, and more than that, a published writer at a very prestigious magazine. And it was, I think, on that day that I realized that, When you work at magazines as a tastemaker, you can have a profound influence, not just on the life of the creative person at the other end of the phone, whose work you're going to publish, but also all of the people who will read it. And as someone who really believes in the
0: power of storytelling, that was very appealing to me. Um, The The Time brand is iconic. And when it does put out a publication that's in any way provocative or interesting, at least in my lifetime... It mattered.
1: One, it was sort of like the Sports Illustrated
0: swimsuit issue was the man of the year issue, right? Well, that was the big issue. So how does that choice get made? So now you're in this position where you have that kind of influence, not just over an aspiring writer, but potentially over someone's career. Clearly, you're dealing with people who have a substantial how what, career. How does what choice matter? The choice how does of- the choice to put somebody on the cover of time especially under the moniker mm-hmm. person of the year. How does that, a choice like that get made? It is still a very big deal, I think, for people to be on the cover of time and
2: particularly to be named person of the year. Often it's not the biggest deal to happen. You know, if you're already the president of the United States, right. being right. time's person of the year is kind of just another day at work, right? But to be on the cover of time in any capacity, uh, it it puts you in a very select club. And so we obviously think very carefully about who goes within that red border of the magazine. I think what I would say is that often when people on the outside think about time or or the media in general and they talk about the media and the media says this or that and makes choices they they speak of it as if it's some kind of monolith automaton or something kind of dehumanized that that makes arbitrary choices. Mm-hmm. Time, like every publication, is run by human beings. Um, w- we are human beings with particular interests and fascinations. Um, we believe in stories. We believe in the power of individuals to change the world. And so when we have conversations about who's going on the cover, we speak about it in a very human way. And we're trying to assess not just as editors, but also as readers of our own magazine, of other publications, of, you know, and not just print publications, but online as viewers of television, as watchers of a culture that is in rapid transition. We just try to think in a very human way. Who is moving the needle? Who is pressing forward in their field? Who is having an influence? Who is changing the way you think? And how many people are sitting in that room? Well, it depends. Person of the year, as I discovered when I took over the running of the franchise, is a very small group and it's actually a secret from the staff. Um, mm. So we have to really perfect our poker faces. And I've heard time lore that they used to actually send reporters off doing sort of fake person of the year stories to distract, people out and right. distract from the real thing. And, you know, we do try to be very cautious. Um, but we're also doing that not just because we want to keep it a secret, but because sometimes we don't know. We are like the rest of you watching the news, reporting on the news, investigating stories. And as the year unfolds, you know, we're trying to think, okay, like if we're really going to distill one person or a group of people or some force where when you think back and you think, okay, 2015, whose year was that? When Who really owned that year? start? We started, I mean, in my head, it starts like in January. Like I'm all, already thinking about January next year. January
0: 2014.
2: Of um, the year prior. Of the year prior. But- we have a big meeting in September. You you really do want to let at least yeah. half of the year elapse before yeah. you start um, putting your money down. We have a big staff meeting in September. We solicit pitches from everyone at Time. We solicit pitches from past persons of the year, friends of Time, other influential people. Uh, we ask everybody. You know, it's a fun
1: parlor game for people to, to play, and it's um, in all domains, right? It's all not domains. Just news, it's right.
2: not just. It's not just hard news. It's not just depressing stuff. Right. It's not just war and conflict and. Um, or politics. And politics. Or, right.
1: It's you game know, changers. Technology. Who,
2: yeah. It's business. Yeah. It's yeah. culture. It's um, all when of was those last things. Year? Oh, Angela Merkel. Um, So Angela Merkel was the person of the year in in 2015 and we heard a lot of compelling pitches and I'm here to tell you, I don't know if I've said this anywhere before that that is a very open room and the whole goal is to hear people talk about an entire range of people and one of our writers pitched Kim Kardashian for person (laughs) of the year. Oh no,
1: that's not happening.
2: But let me tell you, it was such a powerful pitch. It was met with applause. The whole staff applauded. Wow. It was so well done. What was you the, It was, it's, you know, it, it was, it's, we really do, we go at it with a very open how, mind. How many
1: people are in that room?
2: In that room, that's a kind of full staff meeting. So there's
0: anywhere from, if you count the people on the phone from various bureaus all over the world, there's probably 60 to 80 people in the room. And how much, what you just said is fascinating in our world as well, where the communication of an idea almost matters as much as the idea itself. How much is the pitch... Itself influential versus the fundamental tenets of Person of the Year. Can someone sway you? Just, I mean, if you said they got applause, how close was Kim Kardashian to actually being on the cover? Toppling. On the
2: it is about persuasion. All storytelling is about yeah. persuasion. You you need to to you need to bring your audience in. So that's, that's so true in all influence. It's very much persuasion. so. Very much so. But in that same meeting, the pitch for Angela Merkel was very strong, and brought together a lot of strands of the news that we were following in 2015 that made us feel that she was the best person through whom to tell the story of the year, which is part of the point of the ah, of the franchise. That's a good. That's good.
0: And if you're telling people at a dinner party or over drinks what you think creates influence, if you're giving someone advice, imagine you're giving a young woman or guy who's rising in their career and want to know, well, what would it actually take? What is your pattern recognition having now been through this process a number of times? What does it take to actually influence? What would you tell them? I think I would tell them that it takes
2: a really good idea and the courage of your convictions to stand by it and see it grow. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I have found fascinating in my years working on person of the year and working on the time 100, which is basically person of the year times 100, is that the capacity for people to be influential has really radically transformed like even in the last decade, because once you have the rise of social media and people right. are able to Your platforms kind of are cut out the middleman yep. and directly go to the public with an idea or an invention or something or a that personality. is or a personality, something that. It is game-changing. You know, the barriers of entry to those kinds of things used to be really formidable, and they just don't exist anymore. I mean, imagine what it used to take to get a television show on the air. You
1: had three networks. If the three network guys didn't like your show, that was it. Imagine. When you think about influence and and personality, just talking about that for a second, because— I'm wondering, like, is a personality just as a personality, absent a compelling idea, a commitment, something you stand behind for a long time, is that a source of influence, a sustainable, meaningful source of influence, just personality? Well, one of the things that we always say about influence uh,
2: as we have these conversations is that there's no metric Um, You know, it's not it's not like you can say, well, if you make over a million dollars a year, you automatically are influential. There are people who are billionaires who are not particularly influential. Mm -hmm. They don't choose to wield their power in that way. Um, At the same time, there are people who are completely just sort of regular citizens who suddenly can harness the power of YouTube, for example, to become influential. So I would say it really depends on your point of view, You know, there are probably people, if you walked out on the street right now and said, who's more influential in your life, Kim Kardashian or Angela Merkel? They would answer Kim Kardashian and they wouldn't be wrong. So it really,
1: as a news organization. But But influential isn't the same as famous. It's like influential influences you to
0: do what? What does Kim Kardashian influence people to do? To live their lives a certain way. She influences the fashion industry. She influences the print industry. She influences social media. I mean, I get that. You and I don't have to care, Rachel. You and me care about the things she's influencing. But as a societal- influence
1: is a transitive, you know, idea. It's like influence to do what isn't just present, like omnipresent. Right. Therefore, when you say she's influential in the media, influences to do what? She sells paper. She's selling. She has major economic power. Right. Uh-huh. I
2: mean, a different example. Someone we talked a lot about a few years ago in this mix is someone like Kate Middleton. Right. Um, you you know right. does she command armies? No, she does not. Um, but when she wears a dress,
1: you know, right. The fashion industry. Right. But power up. and influence are different too. Because Those are could, very different things. Very different. Yes. So I, I know she's powerful and I know she's a personality and I know she's ubiquitous, but I don't know to what end and therefore people do what? Well, the other thing
2: is that you can connect certain dots. So what does she represent? She represents the ascendance of a certain kind of reality, right. stardom. Um, right. the, the, the idea that that there's a kind of authenticity in presenting yourself in a quote unquote real way, <laughs> but through yeah, the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That this is a fascinating conundrum about the way we live now. And once you start thinking about that and thinking about her as a representative of that. Well, she um, certainly
1: influences investment. You know,
2: then, in, in, that in that way, w- you know, there's a reality star now who's running for president and doing right. quite a good job. So when you think about kind of the, the sort of an, an arc of cultural impact yeah. that she represents... There's yeah. something
0: there. This is the most I've talked about Kim Kardashian in my life. <laughs> so, so Radika, as we close out this segment, I wonder if you'd share with us: Did you have a, a secret pick? Were you gunning for someone this year? I or I, you can't say. I this is my poker face.
2: No, I, <laughs> <You're>, I nobody, <laughs> nobody on the face. radio. My radio your poker face. Uh-huh. Yes, they can't. Yes, you have it's to have a poker pen My poker voice. Um, part of my role is to have an opinion, but part of my role is also to play out a lot of different scenarios and. One of the reasons that we are very secretive in our process is that we hold open the possibility that it will change. You know, we start this process in September, but the news changes. Things happen. You know, it was not clear to us at that time that Donald Trump would be a serious contender for person of the Mm -hmm. year. You know, people have followed the arc of his campaign with a lot of surprise. Right. Um, so we are always open to the possibility that what your pick is in July or September or even October or late November might be different by the second week of December. And with that in mind, you know, my role is to kind of imagine the possibilities
1: of each of those faces on the cover. So it's January and I feel I still I'm a contender.
0: I mean, not <laughs> January. No one has ruled you out. Exa- no, i right. not been That's specifically right. excluded, no. I want to highlight, though, something Radhika just said that I want to leave us on as, as we part, which is it is your job to have an opinion. Part of having influence isn't just to be a good listener in the room and the person who absorbs it all then quietly goes back and, you know, types out a memo. Mm-hmm. I would assume that people are looking to you for your wisdom, for your expertise, for all the things that have put you in this position and the pattern recognition you have over what works and what doesn't work, that's part of being influential. That's right. I think that's right. So when we come back, we have a very specific question for Radika, which is one of the bubbles that was over my head when we first heard your name and wanted you to be in the studio with us, which is the question of the unique fact that Angela Merkel as the woman of the year or person of the year in 2015 was the first woman in a very long time. And so when we come back, we're going to talk about how long of a time that's actually been and and why that is, why that is and whether or not that matters. We'll be back to the big payoff in just a moment with Suzanne and Rachel.
1: We're back with Radhika Jones, managing editor of Time Magazine, and one of the big influences on the selection of the person of the year at Time. And we're talking about now who won this year and what is important about that. So Angela Merkel was the selected person of the year this year, and she is the first woman to be selected for that in how long? 29 years. So the first
2: the first individual women. There were there were various women as parts of groups and what have you, but the,
1: the first individual Like a woman. not even Gloria Steinem.
0: honestly if you had asked me to guess, I, I actually have to say I cheated a little bit because I had read your blog or your post on this and was fascinated by it. I would have said at the most five years. Six. I don't know that I could have come up with names and right. said, oh, it must have been, but come on, 29 years.
1: I want to look back at years like the year, like in those years where Gloria Steinem was peaking, who the hell, who well, was a man, could have nudged her out? It's interesting.
2: There was a year, I think it was 1972, and the editors of Time made the American woman their person of the year, but oh. it was sort of oh, a collective nice. thing. Nice so Gloria know. Steinem was part of that, but- at the same time, I think I feel happy to live at a time when you don't just have to decide that, oh, women overall had a good year. But, you know, <laughs> most of the time, right. it, this is going to be. A so man. when you
1: guys were selecting the, the person of the year this year and Angela Merkel gets nominated along with others, including Kim Kardashian, I mean, were people saying, wait, that's a woman we can't or are there women being thrown up every year and they just don't get selected? The latter for sure. One thing that you have to remember about this franchise, which
2: started in 1927, is that it it is by its nature not going to be representative necessarily. That's a good point. Of sort of social trends or change, because it really is, it's about the person who most influenced the news of the year. Mm -hmm. And for a very long time, most of the people who were in any role that had a capacity to do that were men. That's just... That's what it was. Although even
0: Sarah Palin, I um, mean, again, you don't always have to like the person right. of the year. You had mentioned earlier Donald Trump. I wouldn't have been happy to see his face, but I would have understood. Well, but do you take into account, let's take Donald Trump, if the politics of Time Magazine
1: are, uh, we don't want to give Donald Trump a leg up by having him being able to brag that he's person of the year. Does the effect of your anointing someone come into play when you think about whether you want to anoint that person? We have to think about it from all angles. One thing that we always emphasize
2: is that it's not an honor or an award. There have been very, oh, very yeah, bad people who have been person nice. of yeah. the year. Hitler, Stalin was right. twice person of the year. These are inarguably very influential people in history. Um, and that's what the franchise oh, well, that's recognizes. Really so and you know, frankly, when we've named Barack Obama Person of the Year twice in both of his election years, well, there are plenty of people for whom Barack Obama right. is not yep. their favorite guy. Um, Angela Merkel herself was very controversial. Um, so the, it it always kind of plays both ways. We we do think about um, the impact of the choice, but I think that the the other thing, and it's hard to go back in time and it, it right. necessarily imagine those kinds of conversations. It's really always about the year in question. And you brought up, Mm -hmm. for example, Sarah Palin. Now, I think everybody recognizes that she was very influential in that year that she was running for office. And people were sort of obsessed with her. She was an object of fascination with the media. But at the end of that year, was she more influential than the person who got elected? No, probably not. So you can see... Eleanor Roosevelt was never person of the year, but FDR was three times. And he probably was like from a strictly news oriented point of view, yeah, more influential more. than, right. even though in history, when we look back, we think what an incredibly influential woman. Sure. So, well,
1: who, who, so being, who was the last woman to be appointed? So
2: the last woman, individual woman to be named person of the year was Corazon Aquino, the president of the Philippines ah. in 1986. And she led this um revolution in the Philippines, which was a a huge international story that year. The other thing that we have to remember is that Time is an international publication. And we are always very conscious of, you know, we're not just telling the story of American politics or American culture culture or American business, although often those are the dominant stories in the world because of America's role. Um, But we really are looking at the currents Absolutely. of the, the world overall. So it was a very interesting conversation that we had the year that we named the Pope person of the year. Um, there were a lot of people who thought it should be Edward Snowden.
1: I was oh. just thinking and, about
2: that. I was just literally thinking and, about Snowden. Snowden that he... Yeah. Yeah. To this day, people make compelling arguments on both sides. Sure. You know, there's not necessarily a right answer.
0: And, and wrapping up on the gender question, do you see this is being another 29 years? Or are you now convinced that the tides have turned enough that gender isn't going to be such a barrier to entry? I can't imagine it will be another 29 years.
2: And I want to be clear, it's not about the tides turning at time. It's about the tides Correct. turning in the world, because great. it yep. would be great if Person of the Year was a kind of aspirational thing, but it's right. not. It reflects the world that we live yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. But I it's think that we can all agree and acknowledge that the world
1: that we live in is, is changing pretty quickly. So again, I am not specifically excluded this year, <laughs> and my odds just went up a little bit.
0: I feel that there's a, a slippery slope here. That if you press too hard, maybe it's like the MacArthur Genius Awards, where if it becomes too out there, that you really run a run. That's not good for you. Well, that's
1: how we began the whole show about influence is not like transaction. It's a long game.
0: It a long game. game. I'm it can be. It can be subtle. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> she's not. Yeah. She's you're in not line behind so my brother. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Radhika, thank you so much for joining us. This is fascinating. I love it. We haven't even gotten to the Time 100 list, but I think you've given everyone a fantastic insight into how decisions like this get made and how you should think about your own influence in the world, because just because you're not on the cover of Time magazine doesn't mean that you don't matter. Yet. Yet. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being Thanks on the show. Being. We'll be back to The Big Payoff next week with Rachel and Suzanne.
1: If you enjoyed today's
2: show and want to hear more from Rachel and Suzanne, you can follow them on Twitter at Big Payoff Radio and like them on Facebook at The Big Payoff. Our theme music comes from
0: Penthouse Suites. Hear more at penthouse-sweets.com. Download past episodes and subscribe to the Big Payoff on the Acast
2: app or at iTunes. And you can always find us online at bigpayoffradio.com.